Good morning, good morning. It's Brendan Courtney here. In for the week, it's Monday the 14th of August. How did that happen? And it's five past nine. I'll be here every day at nine o'clock. Um, just say very quickly, well done to Dublin, who were crowned the All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Champions at Crow Park yesterday. If you were in Dublin, you couldn't help but see all the excitement around. And of course, commiserations to the Kerry team. I'm now looking at the uh, front cover of the Irish Independent Sports Supplement today, and there's an amazing photograph on the front. Uh, Dublin player Hannah Tyrrell, uh, who by all accounts, completely lit up the pitch. And she even won player of the match, is here holding her seven-week-old daughter, Aoife, alongside the uh, Brendan Martin Cup. Uh, and she's stopping the tears with both hands to her face while the baby's looking up, smiling. It's stunning. Pride on every level. And congratulations to Aoife's other mum, Circa. Well done all. It's a, it was a great day for Dublin. And again, commiserations to Kerry. Staying with sport, um, and women's sport in particular, in Australia... Um, Australian football team Matildas uh, famous striker superstar striker Sam Sam Kerr has revealed how she had to masquerade as a boy just to get a game as a junior footballer before being forced to quit playing for her team because she was left with black eyes due to rough play writing in her new book My Journey to the World Cup She's also a Chelsea striker, recalled cropping. It feels very strange talking about sport, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it is women's sport and I do make a big effort to watch women's sport. And actually, we see that women's sport is topping uh, viewing figures across all channels. So it's really, really good. But she said uh, she cropped her hair short and pretended she was a boy for five to six years as a junior so she could get on the pitch in East Fremantle, just south of Perth in Australia. I mean, it's good to see, I think, these difficult truths coming out because I think ultimately these will help improve sport in general, but particularly and specifically for women's sport. So it's looking good, women's sport, obviously. I don't have to point out the obvious, but it was a great day for Dublin as well. So I came across a new word. I'm very excited about this new word. It's a doganist. God, when I say it out loud now. It's a doganist. (laughs) nothing to do with and it's a dogonist right a dogonist is a person who believes that dogs are better than people and I think I might be a dogonist I'm not going to lie um, I once read a quote and it kind of sums me up I love my dog more than all of the people I have ever met combined <laughs> um, so you think I probably am a dogonist but you, you would believe that when you read this it's a new academic uh, book which recounts the story of an Irish soldier's dog who pined so much for his master he made the unprecedented journey across land and sea to find him in the trenches during the First World War. Prince, a half-collie Irish terrier, belonged to Cork soldier James Brown and Prince then went to live with Brown's wife in London. However, one day the dog bolted out of the house and incredibly made it all the way to the trenches in France in November 1914 where he was reunited with James. Now, he became the regiment's mascot. He got a coat. Uh, he, he got his own identity discs. Uh, Prince was an invaluable comrade in the troops and so these de- these books, have been, these uh, massive journeys of dogs have been detailed. Um, there's a, this year is a centenary of Bobby the Wonder, Wonder Dog, another collie, Cross, who made an epic journey after getting lost on holiday with the Brazer family in Indiana in August 1923. Bobby made the journey back to Oregon, covering 2,800 miles through the depths of winter. There's loads of similar stories in this new book, but what's really interesting is I know somebody from Mullingar who took their dog to their aunt's house in Dublin threw the dog in the back of the car. Well, my friend's parents put the dog in the back of the car and drove to Dublin. They went in, had, they were dropping the dog. I think the dog was staying over for a holiday. They were off to the airport. Uh, but they were, they were off in a couple of weeks. So they drove back to Mullingar. And when they got back to Mullingar, the dog was sitting on the doorstep. 
it had beat them back. And my friend said to his mother, okay, how did it get there? Did it tum a lift? And she said, and it's the best answer ever, this is it. Nobody knows. Amazing. Dogs are amazing. I'm a dogonist. Uh, we were organising taxis. I think I mentioned I was going to a wedding on, on Friday night. Uh, Friday, it was a wonderful, wonderful, oh, it was such a good day, it was a great day. And we were organising taxis, of helping organise taxis for some of the wedding party. And it was, I was remembering how difficult it was to get taxis in the 90s. And it was actually very smooth running, I have to say, with the apps and people, some people had accounts and it's all, it's a different landscape now. Um, but I was, I was really reminded of the tricky, standing in queues for hours on New Year's Eve, do you remember that? Oh, Oh, well, of course, Europe are taking it a step ahead. First of all, it, uh, Italy, oh, for, the la- for the whole month, are going to run until mid-September. They're trialling free taxi rides for people who may have a little too much to drink. Six nightclubs around the country, from Puglia to South to Tuscany and Veneto in, in the north, uh, under the scheme, revellers who appear to have a little too much to drink to drive, upon exiting the venues, will be subject to an alcohol test. And if they're over the limit, a taxi will be called to take them home at the state's expense. Interesting. But coming at it in a different angle, in Germany, specifically in Berlin, I think this is a really good one. It's called 5050. It's an app. It's a, a government app. And the taxi allow the, the government app allows anyone aged 16 to 25 to order a taxi to take them home on a Friday and Saturday night. The passenger pays half the fare. That's why it's called 5050. And then the taxi driver draws the other half down from a government fund. So it's encouraging people to get home safely. Interesting. They're all being trialled. We'll, we'll keep keep an eye on all these interesting new apps. Get you home safely. I love that 50-50 one. I think it's a great idea. Particularly since we don't have 24-hour public transport in our bigger cities. And now with an increased investment in the nighttime culture, it's going to be interesting. People will probably will be more European and staying out later. So we're going to have to figure out ways to get home. Now, much further down the road, I would say, for us in Ireland, but definitely over in America, starting next year, child influencers can sue if earnings aren't set aside, says an Illinois law. Illinois will be the first state in the US to ensure child social media influencers are compensated for their work now. Uh, It's a bill being brought into law and it's effective from July next year. There's a quote here. The rise of social media has given children new opportunities to earn a profit. It's all, it, it's kind of murky. Where isn't it? There's, kind of, there's, a, there's lots to argue about here. Many parents have taken this opportunity to pocket the money while making their children continue to work in these digital environments. Uh, there's a quote from a TikToker, uh, uh, Bobby Althoff. Videos with kids do really well, says this TikToker, who has more than 5 million viewers. Uh, and who used to feature her young daughter in paid advertisement, but has since decided not to for privacy reasons. Many states already, and this is interesting because this, this kind of backs it up. Many states in America already require parents to set aside earnings for child entertainers who perform in more traditional, you know, like movies, television, plays. But Illinois law now will be the first to specifically target social media starlets. Interesting. Uh, very interesting, isn't it, actually? And probably probably right, I would say. Uh, now for something completely different. <laughs> I don't know if you were listening on Friday. I uh, was doing a little flashback. Well, f- full context, there's a lovely woman contacted the show and she remembered I used to teach aerobics and then to humiliate me, the, t- the team made me put together a list of the tracks I used to play. And, and one of the tracks wouldn't be, wouldn't be one of my favourites now at all. And we, bizarrely, we, we played it on Friday. Friday, but it popped up at the semi-final of the Canadian Open on Saturday. Have a listen to this. Oh, can you believe it? 
someone was a DJ. Oh, the music has come off. Oh, come on. That is remarkable. Sound system, thank you. I'm not quite sure who that's favourite. <laughs> sound system, thank you. So obviously we're just imagining that some DJ or sound engineer in a booth gets distracted and hits a button and Cotton Eye Joe comes blaring out and disrupts play at the semi-final of the Canadian. Can you just see that? You can hear the screams of terror in the, some box somewhere. Some, oh my God, I pressed Cotton Eye Joe. Anyway, the good news is in the final yesterday, Jessica Puglia, who w- was on a very fine line in the play and it did disrupt her game but she went on to win the Canadian Open yesterday and here's what she had to say about the Cotton Eye Joe and also just to say as well at the end of her game at the end of her final for just a bit of wry eye and amusement they played Cotton Eye Joe again Yeah yesterday I just couldn't believe it was actually happening I was like where are we right now Kawhi of all songs I don't even think I heard it the whole week and it just came on like in the middle of the match at a really important point so it was interesting. Um, I come to learn that I lost a lot of points consecutively after Cotton Eye Joe came on. So I'm glad I got over the Cotton Eye Joe jinx or whatever you want to call it and was able to overcome that. Um, so today, yeah, it was just funny after I won because uh, it was almost my downfall yesterday, but not, not anymore. That was true grit of teeth, wasn't it? I'd say if she could get her hands on whoever played Cotton Eye Joe during the semi, she wouldn't have been all that generous, but she went on to win. I, I thought that was very funny. Uh, now, I mentioned, I, I, as I said, I was at a wedding on, on Friday and it was a wonderful day, lots of photographs. Were you out about, were you at a wedding? Uh, or did you get a brief glimpse of good weather and did you go to the beach or the park? Now, tell me this. Did you take any photos? And more importantly, st- stay with me, stay with me. Did you get in any f- into any of the photographs? I'm going to be talking to someone later on who has made it her mission to stop people, mostly women, let's be honest, who when they get the urge, they hide from the camera. You know who you are. We're all part of it. Sometimes we're just not feeling our best. So, so be honest. Do you find yourself jostling, to, you know the way you do, to the back of the photos, trying to find the right angle or push, yourself, push the kids in front of you? Or do you capture the moment with wild abandon? And what about men? Is it something you worry about or are you happy to be snapped? What is it that stops us from capturing joy in the moment? Let me know, 51551. And we will be talking more on that later. So now let's take a little bit of music. We'll be an opportunity, of course, to say a huge congratulations to Irish singer-songwriter Keen Ducrow. His debut album, Victory, landed in at number one in the UK album charts. I actually saw that online yesterday. Congratulations, Keen. Everybody here is delighted for you. This is one of his tracks from that album, Keen Ducrow, Heaven. Congratulations, Keen Ducrow. Isn't that a beautiful song? And he's number one in the UK. I mean, dreams do come true. Congratulations, Keen. Uh, I've got a lovely couple of texts in here just about avoiding getting in the picture. Hi, Brendan. The easiest way, that's the problem, to avoid appearing in photographs is to take them. And we know that. But we'll be talking more about that a little later. Uh, I've got a lovely text in. and I th- I'm just going to dive in and read it and I'll explain it. Brendan, just to say thank you for sharing your story yesterday in the paper. Most of us carry worries every day. You've encouraged me to put on a smile today and enjoy the moments despite worrying 
about a few family situations. Uh, many thanks. Keep going on behalf of your lovely mother. She's lucky to have you. Thank you very much, Catherine in Kerry. I, I, I just, uh, interesting because after the break, we're going to be talking to a carer who has ex- went on an, a wonderful experience, which I am going to beg to have a go of the virtual dementia bus. I, I wrote a story, uh, well, I, I told a story about my mother's dementia yesterday in the uh, paper and I just want to say thank you to everybody who's messaged me. I've literally had, we are all going through journeys with our families and I'm very touched by all of your messages and we will be talking about this um, virtual dementia with this wonderful care Emma Dennis after this break. Powerful stuff with Emma there. Um, uh, very moving and very personal to me, obviously, and lots of people, loads of people coming in who, are, who have similar situations. Uh, carers and nursing home staff really are like second family. They are all treasures. Thanks, Collie. Uh, what a beautiful lady. It gives you hope for humanity. Yeah, and she's, she's just giving me her phone number to give me some advice for my family. So she's a, wonderful. I'm not a religious person at all, but if there was ever a case of proof of angels, it's in this woman and others like her in her profession. They are angels amongst us. No doubt there is indeed. Uh, let's take a, a little track. Oh, those great whites, they have big teeth. Oh, they bite you. That you said that you would always be in love. But you're not in love. No more. Did it frighten you? How we kissed when we danced on the light of floor. On the light of floor. But I hear sounds in my mind. Okay, that was Lord Greenlight. I got it wrong. Okay, now, in relation to how fabulous dogs are, Texter says, my dog has genuinely shown me more humanity than other humans in my life, than some humans in my life. My dog is loyal, affectionate, kind and full of joy. Yeah. When I talk about my dog, which is rare to some people, oh, they are snide, sarcastic and critical to some people. Moral of the story, if you don't get it or like dogs, have the manners not to criticise people who do. Here, here. Now, we've had thousands of texts about carers and um, we will ring, read some more out tomorrow. Just this one touched us. My dad passed away recently. We supported him at home for three years. This was only possible with the help of our carers. We will be forever grateful to them. That's a lovely text. Thank you so much. Let's take a quick break. After the news, Philip Boucher hazes up. I'll see you tomorrow.